the way from the bar. Give your hands together for Brandini. Let's go. How's it going, people out there? Welcome to the Polarized Podcast, baby. Glad to have you here. I hope all of you, ladies and gentlemen, are doing well out there. This is our New Year's Eve celebration, a jubilation, a drink salation. Am I right? Let's get it going, baby. I am your host, Brandon Stables. Uh, as uh, aforementioned, this is Polarized Pod. Anybody who's just tuning in. This is a podcast about polarizing movies, polarizing in a sense of Rotten Tomato score. Sometimes critics love it and audiences hate it or vice versa. Those are the movies we talk about on this podcast. Ow, yeah. Uh, today we're talking about Ocean's Eleven, the 1960s version with our good pals, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and Sammy Davis Jr., baby. This uh, movie's got a rating on Rotten Tomato, 48% critic, 81% audience. All you cool cats out there in the audience love this film, and we love you for it. Welcome in, strap in, grab yourself a cold beverage. It's not just going to be me talking tonight. It's also going to be me and my forever guest, as sometimes we mention him as, or the co-host with the mostest. Let me introduce everybody. Put your hands together for James Lindsay. Hey, <laughs> what's going on, baby? How we doing today? Doing good, brother. How about you? I am feeling excellent this holiday season. So good that good. I might run a little heist, if, uh, if you know what I mean. Hey, I love it, baby. You know what? I'm this, here for you. This season brings a lot of joy for a lot of people. It brings a lot of brings a lot of happiness, and uh, I completely hate it. It's the worst. I look up on, at everyone on top of my hill, and I hate the joy. And I think it's preposterous how much fun they're having and all the love wow. that they're sharing with the families. That I'll never oh have, God. and it's made me very mm. bitter. So I think you and I should run a heist on Christmas and steal Let Christmas away from the people of Whoville. Let oh, whoa! It's the everybody, uh, James has just turned into the Grinch. Uh, whoa, crazy! Hey, turn what's up, man. baby? Hey, hey, we got I hate Christmas. <laughs> I'm gonna steal your tree and He's take a, out Santa Claus, baby. Wow, it's like a cool Grinch. It's like a Grinch yeah. with the cigarette and a pencil thin mustache. <laughs> just, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> one of those. <laughs> He's a cool cat, Mister Grinch. <laughs> he cool is cat. a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah holiday season my man yeah it's crazy that you've turned into the grinch but I, you know what i'm in for it and i love it i love it. i'm in for the heist let's let's do it let's heist this movie let's heist this podcast let's set it up and knock it down let's do it i'm i'm gonna 
the podcast was the next thing on my list, so we can we can switch it up and start with the podcast and then work okay. on our way yep. towards uh, Christmas for next year since it's already mm. already passed in this timeline. And I've been mm. working on switching up timelines, but that'll be another Christmas as well. Um, another Christmas as well. That's the name of our book that's coming out. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just sounded like a book. <laughs> <laughs> you know. At it again the, with me and my book titles. The timelines uh, of our lives. In in some in one timeline, it's Frank Frank Sinatra, and another, it's uh Danny Danny Ocean is a uh, old old Cloonster. <laughs> old Cloonster. Old Cloonster. Oh, that's Stepping what you in. call him. Stepping oh, in. Oh, Georgie Cloon Cloonsty. I would. I would. Georgie von Cloonstein. George von Sinatra Cloonster. <laughs> Ocean Junior, <laughs> Ocean. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I would like to pause it, James. I don't. Uh, maybe you will disagree, but I think most people our age do not really know this movie exists, right? They might know that there was like an original, maybe, and like before the Soderbergh one, and they might know that the Rat Pack is in it, maybe. But yeah, I don't think I don't think it's on anybody's radar by any means. I don't think so too. I've and known yeah, that it's existed for at least since the Soderbergh one had the Soderbergh one had that not even come out. I would not mm-hmm. even known about this one. Cause they did other movies, the rap pack too. And I don't even, I didn't even know about those either. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, cause it's just, it's from a bygone era from us. Um, yeah. By no gone idea. era. By era. By gone. gone. That's how, that's how it came up. That's You're how that, that's how that word came uh, up. You're gone through death. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. The era of death is by yes. and it is gone. Your era is leaving you because you're dying. <laughs> this is the era of our era lives. lives. This is the era of our lives. This is our um, sitcom, maybe. I, we got a book. We yeah. got a sitcom. I, feel, I just feel compelled to just keep reiterating that this is not the Ocean's Eleven with uh, George Clunes, because I feel like this is not the Clunes version. I'll put a 1960 in parent in parents at the, at the, okay, at the tippy top. Great. So people know at the door, I'll check them at the door and be like, Hey, check them at the door. Hey baby, you know what you're in you- for? This is uh this is the flamingo. This, is- this isn't your average cos- cosmopolitan or aria. No, this is weird. This, yeah. weird. this is the golden nugget, baby. This is the sands. the sands, the Copa. We're in the Copa right now. Copa era. Um, love the Vegas uh, setting. And uh, and I love that we're able to uh, to talk about it. I love that the soda break things already come up, coming up because within the context of this, like I, it's just really in reference to that in my mind, because I love the Soderbergh movie so, the, so yeah. much. And, and uh, we'll, we'll get into that, but. I must say, mm-hmm. this is not going to be a Brandini's 2. This is going to be a Brandini's 3. What? Because Danny's a part of that, right? Like, he's like um, he's included in the 11, or is it t- Danny and 11 other guys? Because I, lo- I lose count every time, I guess. I think he's included in the 11. Right. Yeah. That's my yeah. thought, too. There's got to be, like, 11 guys, him included. Yeah. Even though... It- it does say Ocean's Eleven. So, right, so it seems like his 11 guys. It's his 11 guys, but I'm pretty sure it's 11 all in total. Got it, got it, got it. Well, 
It's Brandini's three, baby. It's a Brandini's And we got three. a very special fucking guest. Yeah, we do. A guest that we've had on the pod before for this very time of the year. We wanted to bring him back because I think it's, we love, you know, trying to keep things a little, you know, create new traditions. It's a fun thing to do in life, you know? And uh, we have the opportunity to keep a tradition alive by bringing on a guest that we love, a friend that we love, and a person that you may have heard on previously for wonderful episodes like Rent. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Mr. Christian Rabino. Yeah. Well, 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 thank you for the introduction, guys. Welcome Happy to back. I'm, I'm ready for you guys to fly me to the moon. This podcast tonight sounds beautiful to me. <laughs> There's one thing that's certain is we're gonna do it our way, gentlemen. <laughs> Almost like strangers in the night, we've shown up and decided to talk about movies. That one that was a stretch, but we're having yeah. fun here. You know what? It's a more. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome well, back, buddy. welcome back, and and we're uh, already dropping you. dropping music uh, knowledge, yeah. <laughs> not knowledge. No, knowledge. Don't, don't expect knowledge. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> Just loose references that uh, was apparent in our rent episode as well. You mentioned that was a fun one. Yeah, um, it was. That was, that a, was a good one. one. You also yeah. at mm-hmm. the beginning you did the straight from the bar thing, which I was I, is always cracked me up, and I just wanted to tell that brief story where. I had got my aunt Jack, my aunt Jackie's old Toyota Matrix car, and with it, she left her CDs in uh, the back. Some of which were the Rat Pack live in Vegas, and I would uh, throw those on every now and then and listen to them. And Brandon one time took a ride with me, and it, we had a good time listening to those. And that one of those lines was. Straight from the bar, Dean Martin. <laughs> and that guy is so funny. And that was that was something that that CD kind of turned me on to Dean a little bit more in his crowd work and like the in-between mm-hmm. songs and everything. Because he's got he's got a great voice, obviously, but uh and he's a natural entertainer, but all the for someone of my generation, yeah, it's I just not as aware of of some of that stuff. But he is a hoot and I wanted I could just watch him play the piano for the whole movie if if uh, if I could, because some of that stuff was uh, a little bit more uh alive than some of the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, I agree. I agree. There's uh, a lot to talk about in this movie. Um, I mean, before we jump into it. You know, is there anything we want to say? Uh, I guess. Yeah, we could talk about just our overall like Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Rat Pack, our familiarity with it, because it's not like it was necessarily a huge deal in my household as growing up on the yeah on the West Coast. I feel like if I was more of an East Coaster, I probably would have gotten a little bit more of at least uh, Frank Sinatra. Um, but he wasn't terribly huge in my household. But as I grew into loving music with the uh, fervor and depth that I ended up, you know, that I I'm at in my adult life, I love a lot of Frank's music. And like James, you said about, you know, kind of discovering, you know, these 
live recordings and the personalities of these men, especially, you know, as a, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's something so fun in, in, um, yeah, they're just incredibly charismatic and their whole shtick of just ribbing each other, you know, mm-hmm. being these drinkers, these playboys, uh, the, these crooners also at the same time. Living yeah, the life. Living, yeah, living life. Yeah. Really, yeah, really hard and fast, uh, you know, and under, you know, listening to, we have been playing a documentary uh, about this movie uh again just so crazy to hear about these guys lifestyle it just is absolute insanity yeah their schedule was essentially in, when they were doing this movie it was like a 24 hour thing of shooting a little bit of the movie going in drinking gambling performing going back performing and then going back drinking gambling and going back performing again maybe two shows in a day and not having yeah much time to be awake or let alone shoot a movie (laughs) or sorry sleep or let alone shoot a movie um which was and also chose not to be sober a lot of that time as well (laughs) absolutely i mean the the cool the interesting noticeable moments i mean in this movie i would argue kind (laughs) of the interesting thing about like uh dino was I, i guess he never like the thing in that documentary was said that he never really did drink and that was always yeah. just a, a shtick he would shtick, like he really would play into uh, it yeah yeah and that was like his main thing was that he was the drunk and and i mean funny obviously too but uh he always had apple juice in his glass i thought that was good and on the set of this or movie, like very weak weak cocktail would be like mainly water mm-hmm. and like a yeah. thin, thin amount of booze and on this movie i guess he was responsible a lot of times for like knowing lines of even other other people people. (laughs) like that didn't know theirs and he would kind of uh yeah be on top of it in that way while frank and uh uh who was it wow what's um lawrence peter lawford lawford yeah lawford yeah peter lawford peter lawford Mm. they they were kind of just like well (laughs) I've worked, I know we're already like getting into it, but like they called him, you know, was, I don't know if they called him, but he was essentially one take Frank. Like he would only mm-hmm. shoot one take and refuse to shoot anymore. And then would get very it, cranky and upset if they asked him to do it anymore. Apparently it really does seem like it was just a group of friends that it's like, Hey, we're all here. Like, why don't we film a movie at the same time? Absolutely. It's exactly Absolutely. what it is. And it's funny yeah. how like, Soderbergh takes that energy later and utilizes it in such a fun, loose sort of way that actually works. And, uh, that's, yeah, I think that's going to be a hard thing for me not to do is compare the two, but at least yeah, they're in that way. They are the the same thing, but Mm. even just like for the hell of it, right after I watched this movie, I threw on the other one just for like a little bit, just, just to see the, the opening in the beginning <laughs> and yeah. kind of, yeah, to see how well that one opens. Cause we're, if we're jumping in into it, I don't know if there's anything else yeah, going to, but like it's the dead. first like 45 minutes of this movie, like occurs in the first like 10 minutes of the other one. And mm-hmm. like the, that 45 minutes is like almost just like, it's just so bloated with this setup that is unnecessary. Whereas in, and then maybe this is unfair me comparing the two too much, but 
it's a heist movie and the other one's you know just done at a at another level and and definitely more modern for sure but they are like george clooney and brad pitt are sitting 10 minutes in and looking at Mm -hmm. blueprints for the vault of the bellagio and it's like 45 minutes and that's when they have the meeting where everyone's together which is obviously a little bit later in oceans uh, the soderbergh one but my main point is just this this setup part in the beginning here where we're at was those was the roughest part for me out of everything that first 45 minutes that's absolutely yeah i completely agree with you and i made note of that as well as like you know there's just so much of this like running around to collect people yeah it also made it really apparent to what you're talking about in relation to the soderbergh one where and also to what christian had just said about you know this just very much seems like we're all here in vegas let's you know make a movie together that would be fun um but the problem to that is is that they're barely in scenes together exactly yes so exactly you know you never really get a whole lot of that energy that was on stage that everybody Mm. was so obsessed with because man a thing that taken away from just seeing some of the performances of the rap pack is just this whole like improv like element and uh just so every show you know people must walk away and go like the you know one show is so much different than the other show and and that being providing value mind you apparently it was only what five or six bucks to go see them and dinner is included nice like standing room <laughs> or something for, like once they got popular <laughs> like, I think. could you oh my god what a what a time to be alive um <laughs> But yeah, there's so much running around and set up and it's uh, drags like a like a motherfucker, you know, and that and I wonder how much it was either restructured or or like there's just they knew from the beginning that they weren't going to be able to get all these people in the same room to do these scenes together because there is so much of the auxiliary characters or, you know, that the supporting cast (laughs) kind of doing a lot of stuff and, and going back and forth which doesn't really pay off in any other way than getting everyone in the same room together, which backwards would be just getting Dino and Frank in the same room together as early as possible and having them hatch the and plan. And Sammy too. And yeah. then and Sammy too. Yeah. And Peter Lawford, Sa- the four, the main four getting them together quickly. That would be they kinda I, I was, I was uh, going one-to-one maybe a little bit too much with the Soderbergh one where it's, it's uh, Brad Pitt and George Clean are really the two two main characters in the venture mm-hmm. like jason Bourne's kind of mm-hmm. kind of there which i is is kind of the uh i guess the lawford character but um yeah just, i just i like getting getting them together and ha- and having those moments and having lots of them because i think it is like that meeting around that meeting time is when you get frank and dino and like in the same room riffing off each other which is pretty electric and then you get sammy yeah, and sammy right right there and Sammy and Dino together are really fun. When they're behind the Dino the pool and table Peter. and everything, like that's they, that that's where that movie starts to pick up. Is at that at that part? And it just I, actually, you go first, Christian. Well, I, I was gonna say because Sammy Davis Jr. is a huge part of the Rat Pack, but I felt I like him. his position was so minuscule that they added this like singing scene just to give him like a bigger part when his part really wasn't that big. Mm-hmm. absolutely i mean it's pivotal yeah. to the heist itself 
but mm-hmm. man, I just, you know, I think he really was the standout for me because I just, there was so much of a lethargy on everybody's performance, but I think Sammy for me was a standout that he really was like, seems so excited to be there. And it yeah. just, I, that, that energy really helped from an overall movie that dragged from the get go. And it's just, I think it really, to me, it's just, I, I'm such a harsh critic on this movie now having seen it in the setup and what this movie could have been because there's no real excuse for them especially given the fact that these guys were all together almost all the fucking time like why doesn't the movie just start with them being together like i if i were to having start a song to together at some point more singing that's what people and, love and sammy, that's what like, sammy love. brings the singing when he when they first introduce his character which is just sorely missing it's like oh yeah these guys mm-hmm. can fucking they'll take more of that and you get some dino but yeah we need more like this they easily could have been time. structured in the plot and script wise so much fucking better where why isn't it that frank's coming in and just you know wrestling these guys up uh as you know frank going to peter peter then that those two you know bringing in sammy and dino and then you're immediately the they're all in a room together and you know they're chopping it up and having fun together yeah you're right yeah you're absolutely right yeah there's no it's just it's there's no reason for what we got here they just where they couldn't get everyone a, in the same room like they just couldn't do yeah. it get everyone in the same room at the same time for that for that long or for even multiple takes when uh, they sure did, when they but happen, I, yeah. I don't know there's the but there's there's a real possibility if structured and directed well that they could have spent less time than they did on this fucking movie it, it, it like arguably i would say is like you instead what you did is you you took them away from their from their busy schedules to shoot all of these desperate scenes to put them together Mm -hmm. to get to you know get to more of the meat and potatoes of the movie when you should just like how about you make this so like laser focused like okay we only have these guys let's just structure where we're getting them together as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. you know they're already together then let's structure it so we're shooting with all of them together and it can be kind of improvisational it could be one take or whatever but yeah at least there's more of them and it's a little bit more quality than quantity rather than adding a bunch at the front and a bunch at the back the whole first act there's a lot in the back the first act of oceans 12 is at the end of this movie which is 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 a lot it is sorry yeah again soderbergh but it's like there's and that's just such like the 60s thing of like the the villains can't win uh but as far as like the first first portion of this movie i'm trying to think if there's anything super notable from these other characters kind of coming together I like Frank's uh, phone voice, and I'm not sure if it's actually him doing a a fake one or if it's like someone just probably dubbing over. It seems because there's a lot of ADR in this movie. There's a lot of times now with the like remastering of this movie, which looks pretty good. Mm hmm all things considered but just like with a lot of movies that have been remastered from the 60s and 50s um it just suffers a lot where you can see a lot of heavy makeup um and just the background uh are just really cheap looking sets and stuff but um yeah the, i mean uh, i i like the the color palette kind of this this era yeah, is is pretty nice and yeah simple and definitely looks like you know sets some of it but once we get into vegas you know we're not there yet necessarily but 
all of that stuff. I love just seeing old old school Vegas is one of the the highlights of the movie for sure. But I'm just looking at my notes here, and yeah, we got a Saul Bass opening, you know, from Alfred Hitchcock, and mm. uh, you know, kind of inspiring a lot of all the James Bond openings and and everything of yeah. like the counting down a, a counting of the numbers and putting the those dots the like it's and, like a marquee lights yeah and stuff. So, that's like really kind of like that. that's setting a huge trend and pretty uh revolutionary that guy for the for the kind era and like yeah I, like psych psycho and a lot of those can are are so good and really get you into it, uh the movie when there is a still a time of overtures and everything but putting that yeah. turning that overture on its head a little bit and getting a little artsy with the graphic design is is very cool very movie theater like like they they they, they picture their audience in the movie theater yeah a hundred percent like um, it made me think of this concept of the like a benefit to having an opening like that is that people are funneling into the theater still Mm -hmm. and you hear the movie starting yeah you you hear the movie starting and people are walking in and nothing Mm -hmm. none of the movie has actually happened yet so it's like kind of a kind of a plus where yeah you could just imagine it's not starting off with a cold opening with something that you could, you know, adds to the plot or, or something that you would not want to miss. Instead, it's kind of this, it's a song. It's slow build yeah. up. Yeah. Naming slow characters. Once yeah, this, once in, it does it. start, it is pretty cold opening in terms of just, Ooh, this is going slow and icy. Was that typical? <laughs> Was that typical I, back then? Like a lot of foreplay. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause I mean, yeah. it's just I mean, really like, yeah. Kind of introducing all the characters and and that sort of way of like, uh, yeah. And like a stage play too, where they enter stage left and you, you get kind of a little read on them and then they go and then we get the next person. Um, but yeah, I'd still contend what Brandon just said of condensing everything and limiting those and yeah. constricting those scenes to make them more valuable is, is definitely the way, way to go. Um, Cause none yeah. of this is super, super memorable to me. He's wearing a, pretty sweet fuzzy orange sweater at the beginning i like that mm-hmm. i think the argument well, you would m- make for the beginning of it b- the purpose of it is, is that it sets up two things that the movie would like you to be more into but i'm just not terribly into them because of ultimately how the movie ends up treating those situations or characters which is it sets up the idea that the uh engineer um i'm sorry i'm forgetting his name um tony burkov right uh richard conti hell of a chin on that guy holy hell um you know him visiting his son getting out of jail uh setting up this whole idea of yeah this, from the, the godfather know, yeah okay from the godfather branzini uh bergdorf you know, anthony bergdorf <laughs> anthony tony bergdorf um you know that being uh a, a line you know kind of a a thread through the movie of him uh getting a diagnosis getting out of jail he has a son like taking that. care of his wife um also sets up to this idea of that was good peter lawford's character uh peter lawford jimmy foster setting up the uh relationship he has with his mother and then his uh soon-to-be stepfather who pl- ends up playing a rather large role in the back half of this movie that i'm not um, too sure about but it's okay yeah, but, but they spent a lot of time with that mom. Like, I really, I felt like that was a ten-minute scene where you kind of understand who this woman is 
I remember one of the lines was like, oh, I've never missed one of your weddings. You understand at the end where it's like the, yeah, the, the new, I'm going to marry your mama, uh, comes yeah. in, comes in and, and it's like, oh, by the way, I also catch thieves yeah. <laughs> and I'm, you can specially hire me as a mercenary to fucking hunt these guys down. And I was like, well, isn't that convenient? <laughs> and he was in the beginning but, uh, of that's the where movie, it feels like he a, doesn't talk. Yeah. He kind of, you, you see him in the background. He, he like introduces himself or not introduced. He like says hi to, uh, essentially what is the Matt Damon? That's, that's the Matt Damon. Yeah. Character Jimmy Foster. Where yeah. Jimmy like Foster. They kinda, but I feel like, I hope this is interesting, but in this in the Soderbergh one, I feel like it's more vague and almost like Matt Damon's parents are like thieves as, and robbers or whatever yeah. as well. And I think in 100%. 12, they do come in at the end and kind of uh, lift them out of a jam that they're going through because mm-hmm. they uh, are more well equipped to do it. But this one, they're like, she's like in it. And there's this whole, uh, that whole undercurrent of that character. I I liked a lot more of the Richard Conti's arc. That was, that was great. But this guy about like being born wealthy and rubbing that in people's faces and then being Mm -hmm. called out of like, so what's your reasoning for doing this? Like you clearly don't need, need the money and it's pretty easy to get for you. And you have, you know, Frank, I think it was Frank or maybe it was Dino is like, you know, you know, yeah. Dino is like, you know, and Sammy are he's like, talking. you obviously you have Jen, like she's very generous. Like what's like, why do you need to do this? And he's like, it's essentially tells them that he doesn't have enough freedom from like to be uh, able to, he, do, he doesn't want to keep having to ha- like hit her watching over his back or whatever, but he's just so petulant and like annoyed yeah. with, with it and looks down on everybody as like being lesser than him and everything. And that, that whole thing was just kind of like, I could have, done without and then yeah a lot of the stuff with his mom and <laughs> the guys who are you i'm gonna marry your mama, <laughs> your mama. Like and there's just like and then just ribs him about drinking alcohol and then gets him yeah. to take a shot and then he gets sick immediately and it's just and all of this mind you is all good and fine character stuff but good lord it takes forever on Duke everything Santos. yeah it's just like i mean we're god not doing this film justice by running through this stuff as quickly as we are because like it is we can't get too into the, the 15 weeds minutes it, yeah. of this lead yeah. up to going to see his mother then you go to see his mother and then it's just like hanging out oh my god it's just like 10 minutes on the relationship on the ocean yeah angie Angie dickinson like she really is just super Mm -hmm. upset and is but the way that people talk as well is i don't know she's like i can't live my life like wow what was it there was this line that was just i was Mm -hmm. cracking up at like i can't live, live my life expecting like based on whatever color of a car there is or how long each horse's nose is and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, they're just, I, and exactly. then he would say something really quick back and it would just be like a, yeah, a stage play. Like, okay, you say your line. Okay. Now I say my line. And you just can't keep up because they keep on doing these weird metaphors and turns of phrases that are kind of yeah. like outdated for us. So I did a lot better with subtitles in this movie because there was stuff yeah. like that. That was, that was rough, but there's, there's, there's undercurrents going on. Me too, man. Because that's yeah. what—that's a note I wrote. Is just straight up. The dialogue is so rigid. Everybody feels like I say my lines, then you exactly. say your lines, and it just was driving me nuts. Where all, all of it was just so incredibly stilted and like 
also lethargic and um, it was first takes for everything <laughs> so, <laughs> or for a so lot james yeah james that line reminded me of the uh, other oceans 11 line that was like you're a liar and you're a thief i only lied about being a thief oh like, yeah you know what i mean like that line is like huge description of danny ocean as a character uh-huh yeah. and that's one thing that they kept in both movies from from my understanding where you're like like this guy is like a hardcore gambler and he gambles with everything in life, you know? Sure. And then, yeah, that was the face. crazy. The parallel was that, that face down between the two of them. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's like at dinner and then Andy Garcia shows up, which yeah. Andy Garcia kind of is, is morphed into multiple from more, multiple characters, but the vitriolic mm -hmm. kind of hate from the, from Angie Dickinson is, yeah, is, is, is real. And she's, she's so like, like like doll's eyes like a, like a doll's eyes yeah. she's got like shark's eyes like she's just so like right. dead set on just hating hating him she's so over his his bullshit yeah. and everything um uh, she she has that transatlantic accent from yeah. Back, yeah. back in the day yeah. that that's, uh that's they lot. have to pronounce everything yeah <laughs> I, I did a lot of yeah, research yeah. on that yeah yeah huh, they yeah. They like yeah, had sure. to pronounce everything because of like the issues with the audio equipment back then. Uh -huh. And then it came up as like half a British accent and half uh -huh. like an American accent. Yeah, the um, British but, accent yeah. influence being that yeah. it provides but, a level of like uh, class and intellectualism yeah. to it. And then universality you know, because, for everybody can like subscribe yeah. to the same way of speaking once, you know, right. in, in the, the movies. And I think a lot of audio equipment at that time yeah. was a lot more... Ba like tenor based and didn't have as much bass like bass sort of 100 uh, yeah. uh yeah sort of spectrum so speaking at a higher voice like this is going to get a lot more exactly. across into people's ears because you know the closest thing you can think yeah. of now is maybe like an am quality radio or like something like that is going to be very fuzzy and tinny so you're going to cut through that static a lot more if if you're sounding like this <laughs> We, we got you were good, kid. Real good. But as long as I'm around, you'll always be second back. <laughs> I don't know what you've got, but I want it. You're hired. Honey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, honey, baby. I want to live again, Clarence. I want to live again. We got a comment in the chat. Uh, Every about, time a bell rings, a Brandini gets his wings. Yes, yeah. baby. Uh, got a yeah question in the chat about how did the production uh, have to make scenes, scenes longer because of them being drunk or not able to come out and do those scenes? Yes. And yes, a hundred. That was why they couldn't have everyone together in the same room, like barely ever in this movie, because some people were always off doing something else in the oceans. 11 documentary was like, there was a lot of chasing ladies <laughs> and gambling and who's a what'sies and staying up all night. And then they would go to the steam room at the end of the night. And Frank would buy everyone's special robes, <laughs> robes with their names, on the have their names on it. <laughs> or their <laughs> not like, names. Yeah. Sammy was Smokey the bear. Cause he would run around and be like, meh, 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 like Smokey the bear would. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and then Frank Sinatra <laughs> had his was, he was the Pope. Um, that seems like a self. It seemed like he like self name yeah. gave self gave a nickname to him to himself he's like hey i, I made the robe i can uh, put whatever fucking nickname that i want on it baby that's right baby. I, I cuss when i don't sing don't you know 
The name's yeah. Frank. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> the Dude, wow. That was really good, Christian. Hey. Wow. <laughs> hey. Oh, my God. <laughs> Frankie's in Lock the room with this lady. <laughs> what if everyone introduced themselves that way? The name's Brandon. Brandon Stables. <laughs> you should try it sometime. Christian, you, Christian Rubino. No, well, you should. Yeah, well, you should do the James Bond. It's fun. So, like, uh, next time you check into a hotel or something, name Rubino. Christian Rubino. Christian it works Rubino. perfect for hotel check in <laughs> because you usually give your last name first because that's what, and like, Rubino. Christian Rubino. It feels good when you do it. You feel fucking like, yeah. <laughs> you also, I would Martini as well. Tech to anybody if they go oh mr rubino your room <laughs> mr rubino's my father you can call me christian <laughs> oh, okay dad <laughs> okay dad <laughs> so, always an oldie but a goodie <laughs> it is a goodie it's a it's a goodie i like it's it. a goodie it's a goodie but yeah i mean you know to to finish off the question from the chat about the production i mean yeah again i i think all of us would if we were to be responsible for rewriting this movie or helping to redirect this movie is even because of the fact that it was so difficult to get them together because of them being drunk or being too busy then it really is the otis is placed on the shooting structure of this movie to then be very specific about like okay so today we're everybody's going to get together and we're going to shoot the scene as opposed to it just seems like so flat-footed in the production like okay i guess today we only got this person oh i guess today we only have that person and and making everything so much more drawn out because you didn't yeah. know if you were going to get somebody or not and but simplified I, too just like i mean yeah, it, it, this is this is natural for the for the time but very static shots of of like there would be there's that scene at the pet store or whatever where i was like oh my god it's like five oh, minutes go. and they just haven't moved the camera and i know that like that's just that's Show coming it. it's coming out of like the 50s and stuff and they're just like oh well look at this new this i mean this yeah. is still a while after films been around there's been there's been like alfred hitchcock has done a lot of interesting stuff and he, he's guilty of it as well like when i watch dialing for murder it's really just like wow we can just put a stage play on film look at this this is amazing and that's really all they did was just like okay into a stage left and uh, say your lines and leave stage right and that's that's how we'll do it and we'll hit the camera and you go and then uh say like broadway that's that's it and we just turn it on turn it off no there's no need there's a little bit of panning and following certain characters and, and stuff like that and occasionally like uh a zoom or a, like the edit for the new year's thing you know we'll bring up and like the last final shot of them walking is is pretty iconic and there's there's some of that mm -hmm. good stuff but it's few and far between and it is interesting that it it's simplified, but also drawn out, and they didn't take the time mm -hmm. to toyten it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, ultimately, I think this movie would have benefited from not drawing itself out. And I'm sure, I don't know, given how unpredictable the actors in this movie are, it yeah. would have been more beneficial to not having it be drawn out, where you have to shoot the overall shooting schedule is longer, make the shooting schedule shorter. And I mean, at the end of the day, like depend, you know, we, we don't really know how, you know, much the unpredictability of the actors affected a lot of stuff by and large, but I think all of us would like to assume that if you would have just focused more so on scenes where you could get everybody together and it, still be pretty improvisational and not terribly structured, but overall, like the shooting schedule is geared around 
how do we get the rap pack together in scenes, you know, and make kind of the time, you know, make things count. I think this movie would have benefited a lot because again, the crazy statistic or fact about this movie is, is that all of the guys aren't in a scene together until the very last shot. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody. So a lot of this movie is, it's going to be like, two guys mm-hmm. you know and then the other cast or you know by you know or some combination the closest thing yeah is also the the pool table at the meeting and and, yeah. and a few of the things at the meeting Which but even those kind of, kind of like break <laughs> off like i but yeah. that's at least where I it picks that dialogue it, it picks mm-hmm. it's it's very one take e like it's very just like yeah. stilted and just like let's see how this works and experiment but then they don't iron out the details and then the whole plan, you know, I like the the handkerchief. He changes the color of the handkerchief with the sleight of hand. Same with Dino has some sleight of hand stuff too. I like that they both are, uh, you know, they they have that in their in their skill set. And then they play, they face it down. And then I just like how he points at all of them like three times. <laughs> like which ones? Okay, we're doing five. All right, here we go. I forgot them, but they like list them out. It's like the Sands and the Sands, the Riviera, <laughs> the, the Desert Inn, and the Flamingo. Uh, and that hanker, oh, some of them didn't like, exist pretty funny. when we were born. No, yeah, they right. already yeah. Uh, Dun- Dunzo Bananas. Um, Bananas Dunzo. Bygone. It's a, bygone. By, it's a bygone, bygone era. It's a bygone era. Um, yeah. It's because they all died. Um, but man, coming into Vegas, of, that's the fun. Okay. The fun speaking thing. of which, I feel like I didn't get enough visual of Vegas. Like, I, I agree. Really, Could have wanted, yeah. I, I, more I, of that sure. I, I think that's like the biggest crime Exterior, of this movie. Sure. Am, am I, Were am they I in Vegas? It's Did like they, they film in Vegas? Yeah, because that's where they were doing all their shows. Uh, they had to, like, they had to do it. They had to shoot out there, yeah. But time and time again, it's just in rooms. It's interior oh, like shots in rooms. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just an actual casino. <laughs> I can take him out. So yeah. like this. All right, let's just set up around Frank. He's not moving. <laughs> or, yeah, let's put the camera in the back of Dino's performance. And, yeah, man, I just, it really bummed me out how I felt like I didn't get enough of Vegas in this movie. And that would be my biggest critique about this, is I just didn't get that level of, you know, I don't know, moving between casinos, more exteriors, more like places within in the casinos and all of that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, uh, totally. It was yeah, close, and especially like near the end it, in shooting like the the power going out and the wire, you know, and the dynamite oh God, and shoot, so shooting silly. down yeah. the tower. But at least there was like, oh, we're outside. It felt so good to be outside uh-huh. for that power line coming down. Yeah. And a little bit of that it chaos. Was so and... model. Yeah. The CGI it was, was so. It was such a model. No CGI. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like such some a compositing model, like this or whatever. Little, like... Yeah. It's like this big. It's... <laughs> yeah. It really looks like it's the tower is all. Yeah. I was totally like, okay yeah. with it. It was definitely. It's the size of my mic. it's a hokey it's a hokey movie and you i want more fun stuff rather than just people like lounging around like i'm maybe they needed to harness the chemistry of the rat pack like this movie is slated as like we got them all together they're in they're in vegas and they're doing a heist and it's two hours of of like just fluffing around that they're fluffing this is fluffing around they're fluffing fluffing around around and uh like i mentioned yeah it's like you get to this meeting it's like okay finally uh but then it kind of it it breaks off again into everyone separating and going into this very visual 
almost extended montage of everyone uh, doing their separate things and Dino singing and uh, a lot of visual stuff here that is also very slow. A lot of shoe leather. I say that because there's a lot of leathery shoes as well. Oh yeah, leathery faces in my Especially Dino, man. It's great seeing him singing and and even him fucking around on the the piano before. Like that's that's really nice. Um, Could he use more of that? They they didn't really explain. He looks like the human embodiment of a shoe. (laughs) He's got this just like long face, droopy eyes. Very. He looks like a fine equestrian saddle. (laughs) I felt like they did a lot of solo acts, but with the people, they didn't really explain the solo acts. Like, okay, uh, you know, Dean Martin's character is going to sing real quick, but there wasn't like a. Uh, like much explanation as to why he's playing on the piano in the middle of the casino and it's mm. like if you're not going to explain that too much like why don't you just throw all three of them in together which is what the people want to see oh my god oh my god absolutely yeah. uh, at like least, a majority least, of the- even if they're fucking around like at the meeting someone's like sits on the piano and they all sit they all like yeah. rip, song they all rib each other and, and sing and, and just have a little moment like god damn like how do you not get that right it's like the one thing you gotta do and this movie is is long and there's there's like not enough not enough of the chemistry because it's electric mm-hmm. when you see them like together their body language changes even if like they like whatever with the dialogue and and the pool scene pool you know shooting pool scene and everything but they're like Frankie's body language completely relaxes. They all, they all just like give it like, just don't care anymore in a good way because they mm. don't care either way. So might as well have it be more in like a fun sort of thing. Cause otherwise they're just kind of like, ah, whatever I'm tired and drunk. I, I, the, this movie posits this really fascinating, you know, just thing that exists in reality where, all of these guys in the film to me are so incredibly like nervous and stilted about being on camera, Mm -hmm. but they are known for being so loose and so charismatic on stage, which is arguably, you know, I don't know, harder kind of like, at least in my mind, but I don't know for certain because I haven't experienced either, but like, the way that I would put it is, is like getting, you know, being, putting yourself out there in front of a live audience, as opposed to a very like calculated environment, though, that there's a lot of people watching and maybe pressure is mounting, you know, like, it's just, it's crazy to me to think about how poor of actors they all come off being because they're so like rigid and like, it just, it's one of those things where yeah, Sammy's pretty, s- Sammy's good. Sammy's, Sammy's good. good. That's yeah. what, and I was saying at the top, like Sammy's my favorite because he is the one out of all of them that d- feels like what is happening in my mind is that his like inner, his want to do really well is doing so much of the heavy lifting of not being like an actor and, you know, needing to provide all of this, like, you know, like depth and character in your body language and your looks and how you, uh, you know, present your dialogue or whatever. He just is so wanting to do well by the movie that it really just ends up being such a huge benefit and standout performance to me because there's time and time again, I just find, especially Frank Sinatra just being so like, 
Okay, I gotta yeah, walk over here, rigid. and then I gotta say these lines, and then you know, it's just it's so like I need to just focus on hitting my mark, and it comes off as just yeah, being um really robotic. Yeah, really, like it's it means something to Sammy, whether that's the actual Sammy or it's his character <laughs> as well. It also means something rather than you know, they're Dino and Frank are just like a little bit more aloof about it, and and just kind of like nah, whatever goes, baby, and and Sammy's just like kind of a bolt of energy into Mm -hmm. into all of it um but they yeah they set it all up i this this has much more energy than the the beginning this portion and at least the plan itself was you know pretty yeah some some similarities to the soderbergh one but i like the whole idea of them finding a way to take out the power and and just knock out the power for a brief moment of time and then get in there and and do their thing and and get out um Re- rewire it that's the whole thing yeah. right yeah Overall, cross the wires if like the the emergency lights instead of the emergency mm-hmm. lights going on or whatever it would open the doors to the vault just cross those wires baby that was just such a funny like well what if you take that wire and cross it with the cr- take the light one and cross it with the door one baby and that was it it was like oh okay yeah <laughs> all right let's do that it, it was time? an overall like very straightforward robbery turn off the lights uh-huh. go in and rob them sure like but and they it, yeah but they each, it was, each it person was had a different thing and then like the actual moment mm-hmm. of it if i'm jumping ahead a bit but like the jumping mm-hmm. between everything as it's happening was one of like the more successful things in my mind of of the movie um at the time of to to have fun some a little more fun with the editing of jumping back and forth between everything and that's what you learn in mm-hmm. a Soderbergh world is like oh he can do these cool split screen split screen things with like some snazzy music and sure. have like more like implied sort of meaning rather than all right let me tell you everything that I'm gonna do and let's all just sit down for a minute and hash it out it's like no you get it and yeah. just and, and kind of move along uh, and, still- and, and keep up the cool factor because that's like these guys are cool you want the movie to be cool as well but it still doesn't, in my mind, achieve that fully because it spends so much time in all of the other men in the Eleven doing the spraying the stuff on mm-hmm. shit that just was like, <laughs> on like, the doorknobs. It, it yeah. was crazy because like when it actually happened, I just like was thinking, it's like I felt like I spent thirty <laughs> minutes of this movie with people like spraying stuff like <laughs> on the doors you win a yeah. bunch of stuff and like none of it seemed to fucking matter no. like all it was was like the lights go off the safe's open you take the money <laughs> you throw it in the trash and it's yeah. over it's like but but it's like they couldn't find the door when the lights are off so let, let's add some glow in the dark paint to like make sure everyone knows and they had to was oh yeah the, the footprint thing that looked pretty cool and like they yeah they had to blow out some candles <laughs> there's like yeah. the security guard like oh yeah. i gotta light this candle they just like blew it out and they're like yeah <laughs> so, hey blow up that candle <laughs> got him i need i need you all to Mastermind. sing baby <laughs> uh yeah. yeah it's it i mean it's it it's simple but like that that idea and and doing such a big like five casinos in Vegas. Oh, I'm like, it just seems like a, at the same time, impossible sort of task, a mission impossible sort of heist. And that sort of, uh, weight and scale makes it exciting. But I know, yeah, kind of jumping 
a little bit into I, that, I, but I think we're, we're fine. Yeah. We're there. Yeah, yeah. We can get there. Um, because yeah, again, so much of this movie is like taking too much time on something that is really not a complex or like interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. we've seen too many heist. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot, a lot of heist movies since this time. And maybe there was like, it was more recent concept. Yeah, definitely. And, and, uh, it's in, it's just interesting to see how they want to structure it. And, you know, even, this movie was made in the 50s and came out in 1960 even too. So it's almost better yeah. to think of this was like a 50s sort of sort of situation after a script that I think had been or an idea that had been passed around for a while too. But also, also would, too with the, the guys that are involved in it. Like it's one of those things like the reason. Oh, they, yeah. And it, and it was, Putting and, them on the cover inter- for sure. It was interesting to hear too about like all of their careers leading up to this, because we're talking about men who are like in their almost in their fifties by the time this movie is. Yeah. They're they're in this movie. So it's not like these are like up, up, you know, like rising stars or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. these are older men that everybody has really come to love because of. That's what Duke Santos says. And you can only do things when you're young or whatever. He says something like that. Duke, the Duke. It's me, Duke, Duke Santos. Ses- Great head of hair on that guy. Romero. Holy shit. Oh, he did, actually, yeah. <laughs> and he also thought everything hair. was hilarious. I know this is near the end, but he's like, when he finds out that it's uh, Danny Ocean and his uh, military friends, then oh, he's like, he is- <laughs> can you believe it? Oh, it's your son and his military friend. Oh, I <laughs> can't believe it. And he's just like laughing. And then he goes in a, and confronts them. And he's just like, hey, I demand half. They wanted 30. I want more. <laughs> All right. See you tomorrow. He's just like so happy and just like. It, it, it was like basic math help decided his life. He's like, well, they're going to give me 30%, but I'm asking for 50. <laughs> and that's uh, bigger than 30. It just sucks how even that moment it's like ooh, conflict ooh, a moment of like hey maybe we don't let him leave and hey maybe you grab that gun out of the fucking safe and we hold it to him and we tell him like fuck you we're not giving you 50 and tell your friends like you know but it's not gonna go this not the 70s yet of course (laughs) but like there was like a moment of tension of just like oh you guys in the room together and he's like all right i'll see you tomorrow and they're like okay bye absolutely all right like the only you want a drink okay (laughs) the only like real uh, i i perked up during that moment because i was like fucking finally that there's some drama because even in the heist of it all like the drama is so thin yeah because you know they have the issue with um tony bergdoff richard conti where you know he's struggling to steal the money and i was like oh i was Ooh, really kind of yeah in, that was a nice in, in on it like, where oh, shit. i was like oh shit he's gonna like die at the safe right. and then there's gonna be this whole thing of like you know a man is left behind and it's gonna be the reason that the whole thing falls apart because they're able to like either i don't know i guess question him or like follow yeah. the trail because he exists or whatever and the movie just like kills him off. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Mo- moves on. But then the it drags thing. out that revelation so <laughs> like far because, because yeah. his yeah. death is the reason that everyone ca- like gradually kind of catches on. Cause they've, cause he, cause Duke Santos first figures that part out. And then the second one was like, Oh, my son didn't go to Squaw Valley. So I, I he's in Vegas. So we should go get lunch with him later. Oh, he's been hanging out with that Danny ocean and, 
82nd Airborne? Huh. Yeah. And he was like, oh, they all went to the army together. That's a coincidence. Yeah. And they and gave it, up that Nazi gold instead of burying it. Yeah. <laughs> there was that like story Frank was saying something. Oh. He was like, man, that, that gold we could have just buried is like, there's nowhere to bury it. And like, well, now there is. <laughs> we can't get, we can't uh, take back that Nazi gold situation, but we can take the gold of, uh, of Vegas. But, yeah, then it's they, just... they make him out to be such like a Sherlock Holmes when he's literally putting like obvious puzzle pieces together, like <laughs> yeah. right there. <laughs> but well, the mom essentially just, just like like... Lay, like lays it out for him. She was just like, "Yeah, oh well, that's my son. He should have been there. Now he's here and with his." And then he's yeah. just like, "Uh huh, okay." And she's like laying it, like putting the pieces together for him, and like, oh, and then that Danny Ocean is there too. Uh huh. Yeah. Come on, Duke Santos. <laughs> but even then, like when he visited their their hotel room, he walks in. He's like, "Oh, it's a nice hotel room. They got nice oh. suites here." <laughs> and he's like, "You know what? I know it was you guys." And and he was like, "Oh, what do you know? We don't know anything." Oh, yeah. And the guy's like, "I know it was you guys that stole because you're all part of the same thing." And and then and, and then they just gave up like immediately. It's like yeah. they're like, "Oh, fuck, he knows." He knows. He's about like, to, he's he like, knows. he's like, are you the, they're like, you the police? He's like, are you the police? No, I work for <laughs> the, I work for the casinos and, <laughs> and they're like, talk a little bit more. And then he's, he's like, I'm reaching for the phone. He's like, wait, are you, are you the police? And he's like, no. And then they just like, okay, it was us. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. We'll see you tomorrow with the money. Bye. And yeah. that just, that kind of is how this movie moves along is like a, a, a drawn out conversation rather than action and uh decisive yeah. sort of storytelling. It's a little bit, uh, yeah, just kind of fluffing. It's, it's a fluff. It's a little, a uh, little fluffy. It's a fluff piece. Cause this, yeah. there's a, I, and I, the, the, the Soderbergh parallel of this one and the third act would be them just a beautiful, one of the best moments of the scene of them, of the movie, I feel like, is them walking out to the Bellagio Fountains to, Bellagio Fountains. was it Claire de Lune, that song? I really like that song. Mm-hmm. And uh, all looking at each other and everything, which is, I think, an ode to this, the last shot of, of this movie. But before we get to that part in this movie, there's a half hour, yeah, of, of we've already kind of mentioned of Duke Santos really just on the case and trying to figure it out. And we get introduced to the, all the uh, casino bosses, you know, they have Uh the meeting, which they all, I guess that's kind of the Andy Garcia is just them all together. Uh, And that I was just kind of like rubbing my head. I'm like, we barely get any Frank during this part. We get the one part where he shows up to their apartment, but beyond that, we really don't get much. And it's just like, why are we, doing this and and in my mind it's like these movies never let the bad guy win and there has to no. be some sort of come up and sort of some sort of way where they don't get their money even if it's a funny way or if it's like uh uh you know like a, a true story with like but not uh what's the one fucking uh the couple that's that goes on the rampage or, or whatever. I'm, i can't think of it with uh Damn it. Like the the man and woman that are a couple and there's a movie about them that 
they go saw- on like a bank robbery spree or yeah or even i'll just or like butch yeah, cassidy bonnie and, clyde. With, bonnie and clyde thank you yeah i go um, bonnie and clyde but like all those movies or even i was thinking of i think this is 60s but it's the original italian job with michael kane mm-hmm. and spoilers yeah. for that one but that one i don't have to get into the full ending of that one maybe but they're just like they have all of their all of their money they're in a big bus they're in a, a car chase going around these like the talent like the alps in or mm. somewhere in, in italy or some obviously mm. italian job but like it looks like they, yeah, might the be in, yeah. they might be in like going over switzerland or something but they're like going to these Just like mountains italy. and 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 windy curves and they spin off on the side the gold is on one side where the cliff is and they're on the other and if they're going to try to get the gold they're going to go over and it's going to tip over to the side and so it's leaning like a seesaw and it's like wow the most exciting pulse pounding moment of the movie and then the credits just roll and they're stuck in that predicament and you're left with that like and that's just sort of the I, yeah things makes me think of the filmmaking of this time where you're left with this feeling of like oh those criminals like they didn't get away with it and now they're stuck in this ironic situation like the irony of the situation is satisfying to walk away from rather than mm. have the characters f- fulfill more of an arc it's just more of like they are criminals and they need their comeuppance in, in some sort of way in some sort of ironic sort of way or or brute or brutality which is in some of them and this one it's fun and or it's it's it is ironic and it's played for laughs it it, it was a goof um <laughs> but is i mean am i i'm kind of barreling along here to the to the end no i think you're I right think we're doing uh, yeah all right. No, I think we're doing all right. If anything, yeah. I mean, a lot of this plot, yeah, is such fluff and, and so long-winded that it's fine that we're at this point. I mean, we've already started to get it. Yeah, I mean, I have no qualms about it. If anything, I'm starting to think about this idea of, you know, now, yeah, kind of touching on this difference between the filmmaking of this period and then the remakes and then the films that have come after this and it just makes me think of this idea of like postmodernism with you know uh like tarantino and soderbergh where you know they're such you know their whole shtick is is that they grew up from a generation that watched that you know had movie stores that they went to and watched movies like this because i'm sure their parents were big rat pack fans so they saw this movie and got inspired by it but then you know in with the modern sensibility of it you make the changes that you would have yeah, liked to see definitely. happen and then that's where you get the soderbergh stuff where you're like mm-hmm. well obviously you want the criminals to win because that's way more fun mm-hmm. it was so yeah. crazy how this movie ended to me i had no idea was going to end like this and me I was, neither no i was so yeah, blown away by how it ended because it just like literally it was like insult to injury for me where there are so many moments that felt like it was like air let out of a bag and then for the movie itself to kind of like end on this like just fart <laughs> like it was crazy a great shot like, that shot is awesome the shot, is, shot. the shot is awesome but that's what i'm saying about so you really get the rug you know, pull, pull that from under you and there's a little bit I, of a laugh I, I i don't know you kind of just like chuckle a little bit inside but a little bit of a laugh yeah it's yeah i, I don't know I was, it. I was kind I, of i was kind of okay with it but it just took so long to get there that it I was, was not, yeah, yeah. I, I rewinded it twice and i was like is this really how this movie's ending right now <laughs> i like had to like rewatch. it i was like was i am i was like Am I not paying attention enough? Like, is this the ending? I think it was frustrating oh where I was like calling out the, I mean, 
already them putting it in the trash. I was like, well, this seems like a bad idea. And mm-hmm. then taking it sort of kind of, I mean, taking it out of there. I was like, Oh, I get it. Great. Super smart. Right. And you and that's why you got, you Super hired smart. Sammy, of course, uh, by BT dubs, there's blackface in this movie as well. So that's oh, a thing. Yuck, unfortunately yeah. that uh, unnecessary, unnecessary, unnecessary too. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Holy fuck! It was unnecessary, and, was and then they made a was, joke about it. Yeah, and, and then, yeah. God, there was a couple of things that man did not age well. We had talked about like mm-hmm. Dean oh, Martin's yeah. whole thing oh, yeah. is that he's joking about becoming uh-huh. the sec- secretary of the interior, and then he's going to make women slaves again. He's going to do like, away with oh. yeah. <laughs> women vote, women and voting and turn them into and slaves. Then, yeah, and turn them into slaves. I was like, oh no, Dino, dude. That's exactly. Oh, Dino. I, had, I had that reaction to say yeah to that, right and to also jail. to the block to the blackface. I was just kind of like, oh man, oh no, why? Oh shit, like oh, why do we have to? And wh- what did they say? They're like, how do you get it off? Like to Sammy Davis oh, Jr. I'm like, God. oh. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Yucky. It's, uh, it's right. It's, yeah. Like, we know, like, well, I only (laughs) lie to girls. That was, that was one. Yeah. There's, there's a, I, I, I might, I might go through, maybe I'll go through my notes real real quick because we're at the, a a lot of the movie didn't age well. It did not, the overall movie did not age well. Not at all. I'll, I'll just, yeah, I'll run through some of some of my notes. Honey, honey face was one of the girls that uh, is dancing. And then it's the one guy's husband or sorry, uh, wife. And then when the other guy watching her uh, stands up and says, I want to wrap you and take you home and spread you on my waffle. Yep, I remember that. Oh shit! <laughs> and then they get really mad, and they get into a into a brawl in, in the in the bar. You well, you like a good uh, bar brawl. That's that's what you want in, in a movie like this. Uh, I, I got a quote too, where it says, uh, yeah. "I can't remember the scene." It was like, "But everything all right, Joe?" Yep, like tulips in Ju- <laughs> tulips in July. Yeah, there's a lot of that <laughs> stuff where you're just kind of like, okay. Okay. Cool. The whole like I can't live my life according according to whatever car, color of a card. Hostess knows. I don't. Life. I don't think that would ever happen again. Where like common sayings in like pop culture will be based on when a plant is like regularly <laughs> blooming. <laughs> blooming. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That we might be pl- past that kind of nomenclature, that lexicon, right? yeah. a, a bit of like flower analogies and and metaphors and things. You know what I thought was really also kind of like um, progressive of it is, is that the love interests for Sinatra were very age appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so. Like, both of the women were like his age and had their own shit going on and they just didn't want to put up with his bullshit. And I, I, I dug like, yeah, mm-hmm. I dug. Andy I do like Dick that too. And I, you know, I know the other woman, it was, very much like she's a pill all of this stuff so i wasn't like yeah you know, that's pretty dated shit but like when they introduced was. her it was i was like oh yeah. she's yeah, yeah she's she's yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. she's a pill uh yeah. which is a bummer because you know it's like no she's just mm-hmm. like i i know you're fucking around and i don't like it you know that's her whole shtick like and yeah. rightfully so but i god there was so many mo- there there was moments with the like frank's relationship with angie dickinson and that's one of my notes as well as like angie dickinson kind of makes like everybody else is like 
she's such a good actress that everybody else like it makes it more noticeable how bad of an actor everybody else is. <laughs> she's, she's definitely in like a different movie because she's coming at it with yeah. such yeah. weird she she comes across as l- a little monotone but the energy that she's bringing and the beats that she's playing off of her are just like completely fed up which mm. i enjoy with all these guys just like hey, whatever who cares and she's like no this no, fucking matters. This needs to fucking stop. And you can't have women as slaves. Monster. <laughs> God damn it, Dino. Can't do damn that. Dino. Because, yeah, like, so, what was it? Someone say, like, Ain't I, only, a kick in I only lie to girls. Well, yeah, that, whatever that one. And then uh, uh, he was talking about, someone was talking about being worried about going to jail for one to five. And, like, it'll take yeah. one to five to count, baby. Uh, you can buy a college or something like that. That was, yep. I was like, why would uh, I want to buy a college? College. <laughs> uh, a fickle fella. Stick with me. I'm sincere. And a, a little Dino uh, stuff where they go in and out of the elevator. We're like, oh, Frank and Dino together, but they just switch places in the elevator. Uh, and I was like, oh, wait, yeah. wait. And then Dino was like, oh, I'll stick with you. I'm a sincere guy. And it was funny. You know what? I'm. I'm. Also wait a minute, big busse. I, I I got so, so suckered in on this these moments where it's like you like let me get you to a bar and then they go to the bar have a conversation then it's like I need to get away from the bar and then they like kind of sucks you in but then somebody leaves I don't know there there was some moments in the movie that I really did enjoy um where sure. yeah I don't know there's just the comfortability between uh, amongst like Frank and Dino where they have obviously done this a bajillion times where they've talked to women and coerced them to have a conversation with them, have these conversations and then somebody gets up and leaves and all of this. Yeah. I, I did. I did. enjoy. Yeah. I, there's, there is an effortless quality that comes across in some of these that really thrives for me on, on the chemistry. And that goes beyond, uh, yeah filmmaking dialogue writing it's just having uh lightning in a bottle with with those guys signing up to do a movie together which yeah you really got to find a way to catch that and and uh condense it and, and liquefy it and pump it into my veins and let me just hang out with uh dino playing piano and the other guys just gathering around and then just kind of shooting the shit and drinking and and uh having fun for a bit after they get their money and then they get roll off into the sunset um Man, guys, yeah, it's it's really something to just, you know, have a friend that's able to just kind of noodle at a piano while you're drinking. Because then, you know, just like with a majority of the songs by Dino and Frank and Sammy as well, is that there's just such an energy of like, like you can kind of just jump in and you don't even really like know the music necessarily, but it just it has this energy that presents itself that you're so easily like i get the wavelength that you're on Mm -hmm. and i can just tune my frequency to it in such a like instant and easy way of like yeah Mm -hmm. you know just like you can kind of just talk sing through stuff and everybody knows the melody and the cadence and all of that is yeah there's something really really to be said about that did you notice that whenever Dino was playing the piano, it would always pan to like a group of girls and they would have like a dead face. And I'm like, 
You know, this is Dean Martin. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like this, this is just anybody. Yeah, this is fucking Dean Martin. There, but they were like, we don't want hit people to know that he's Dean Martin. So let us get three people who don't give a fucking shit about him, and then pan to those girls right after he's playing in the movie. Yeah, ain't that yeah. a kick in the head? Yeah. Uh, oh man yeah and then i guess i yeah what else we got i got steady steady as down country loving was one of the other things uh there was a lady with a haircut that looked like a sombrero um oh yeah who's who's the the lady that kisses dino is somebody too yeah absolutely yeah yeah that's sherry mclean yes okay Sherry McLean looking great in the movie. Um, God, yeah, because I've only known her. It's funny too. Yeah, I've only known her as a obviously an older woman, but um, yeah, she was um trying to think of what I would know her the most from. Um God. I liked her. Yeah, Yeah, she's great. Who's this girl? It seemed a little like unnatural, like out of place, and it was clear that yeah, they were like giving her time because she was somebody. (laughs) I didn't, I just didn't know at the, at the time. But that was like yeah, and I love that in the vein of this sort of thing of like having cameos. Weirdly, is how I would know her. Feel like I know, yeah, older, older her looks like older. Yeah. Um, Yeah. How about a kiss dips? What? Oh yeah, and then she dips Dino. I like that because I think he's trying to keep her from looking, seeing a certain direction. So Dino is the one who gets mm-hmm. dipped, and that's just a, I don't know. That was a funny, funny scene. Um, when the countdown begins, the guy comes out, pucker up your lips, ladies, and then we get the transition, which is one of the more artsy edits of the movie, where it's counting down from uh, twenty or fifteen or whatever for the New Year's, and each time it goes between the different casinos, a balloon comes up. Yeah. And edits to the next one, and then a balloon comes up and edits to the next one. Really cool. The only thing, the only note that I would make with that would make it a little cooler was in each different casino, they have different color balloons. Yes. Um, so it was a clear, like, all you had to do was like, okay, start, we're starting with red balloons in the first casino. The next one's going to be, so make the next, makes the, make the transition a green balloon. And then you're in the green balloon room, and then you're about to go in the pink one, make the next transition a pink balloon. But they were all red. And I was like, oh, you almost had it was like really cool. But I'm like, oh, if you just change the color to the what's the next one's going to be, that'd be sweet. That's so funny uh, as a critique, because it's something that I loved and noticed as well about that is um, the casinos. Safes all had their name on the inside of it, but it was like different (laughs) colors, but the same exact like lettering and yeah <laughs> they, they would open up the safe for each one and it would be like sands riviera <laughs> but it's all like the same print yeah and now like, entered the sands vault they, so they all just... got the safe from like one guy's <laughs> safe guy, guy. yeah, yeah. Guy <laughs> yeah we, we all got the same interior <laughs> safe de- yeah. decorator guy <laughs> Yeah, Frankie we, safe from arizona Frankie safe, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why we hired him he's one of the 11 don't you know <laughs> You're not gonna. Uh, you're, yeah. yeah, you're not gonna have a safe without your name in the in the inside of it, would you? <laughs> gotcha. Uh, yeah. I, um, I, I, overall, I felt like the movie could have been bigger. And to James's point from earlier, that they should have put in more of like actual Vegas because the movie, the yeah, way they set it up, it just good. felt it felt smaller when it's like you're robbing five of the biggest 
hotels yeah. and casinos in you Las just see Vegas. The like, yeah, you just see the alleyway, the trash can, the desert on the way out, or the, or the rooms mm-hmm. on the inside of it. Yeah. Some marquees, like that same yeah. marquee, and over, and then that last final shot of all of them together is like, we got to have yeah. one shot of you outside all together. Come on, guys. It would have yeah. benefited from like a shot of somebody walking into the casino with the camera tracking them going through it or like somebody walking into an elevator and then going up to another floor. Like they should have been playing Elvis during this movie. Oh, we just re-edit the movie and added all these modern. No, was he? He was about to be right. Yeah, I know. That was the joke, but yeah. What if they just like go back and, and add like Chris Isaac? Yeah, he's I love that Sammy Davis Jr. scene in the hangar in the Yeah. Yeah. yeah One of the great. best scenes. A little bit of yeah that he's my in the the documentary it's like they're asking him like why don't you guys have more i I think something along the like more scenes together or songs together in the movie and dino's like yeah we don't really like musicals so Mm. fuck you (laughs) yeah (laughs) just four four of like the most quintessential music like musicians in that era it's such a bummer it's like oh man See, that's again, i want that like, on i want that on film like it's cool to listen yeah. to cds and stuff you guys fucking around at, at vegas and i'm and i'm sure there's like some plenty of clips I'm, i kind of wanted to go on youtube and just watch all the best of rat pack stuff after this movie because i just like i want the good stuff because this doesn't really come across as getting into the good stuff of the rat pack and i feel like i'm i'm kind of like edging for for that a little bit so i feel like i gotta like yeah, yeah. i gotta see, <laughs> i gotta see i gotta see it out of that it's gonna blow you guys want to go well, to vegas I, I i felt like people don't oh, do that anymore like you. you never have like single like single successful stars combining together successfully into a group it's always the opposite where mm-hmm. like you have like a one direction like they're really very successful as a group and then they are successful individually it's never the opposite which i felt like the rat pack was the opposite mm. where these guys were individually very like successful group, yeah. and then they combined together and everyone was just like i'll have another like fuck yeah yeah that should be their tagline the rat pack mm-hmm. i'll have another the rat pack oh, yeah. i god i would have loved yeah more of a i think we've yeah now i feel like a broken record but this movie is just so light on moments where they're all together and and Mm -hmm. it really and i'm not even asking for a lot of that but definitely more than we got Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's the resounding thing and like doing this we're about we're going to get into some reviews and and judge and figure out the, the scoring of it all but this is our oldest movie we've ever done and for a score like this to be represented on Rotten Tomatoes as something that was far and away from existing at the time. And someone, yeah, whatever, how they tabulated all the reviews that they did put onto the site that represents Ocean's Love. And there's clearly like critics that did not care for this movie and looking into a little bit of what's out there about the making of it makes sense as to them not really giving a shit in like a very like detrimental way rather than 
oh my God, can you see Brad Pitt just like throwing away lines and always eating and uh, how much fun the editing and the music is and, and that sort of way. This is just kind of like not tapping into what we want. Uh, you guys good? Should, we, should I keep rolling? Should, I take, should we take a break at all? Would it, wouldn't yeah, you we, say... Wouldn't you say that that's something that take into account? Because like the ratings on Rotten Tomatoes were taken many, many years ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So these critic ratings and these uh, audience ratings are done in like the 2000s where it's yeah. also it's it's kind of like hard to gauge because it's, it's mm -hmm. not like sure. at the time. Yeah, these you are. Know what I mean, and I, yeah. for for me. This is all worthwhile conversation because I don't pretend to like have Rotten Tomatoes be an accurate description of of the of what movies are rated. That's not really what we're doing here is like living to the standards of Rotten Tomatoes and believing those numbers are accurate. It's kind of digesting it all, watching the movie ourselves, going through some reviews and coming out on the other side and kind of hopefully figuring out like our own opinion about it and how kind of slanted, honestly, the Rotten Tomato system is in yeah. figuring out what movie to watch and getting down to the bottom of the polarizing op opinions is something that is dependent upon like the site that I don't even fully understand. And so for these older movies, I'm not sure which one of these are like publications from a time gone past and they're you know republic publicizing in some sort of way on here or they're newer ones but they fall into the critic section i'm going to read some of those and then i'm going to read some audience reviews that fall into the other section and then that i don't know i just feel like it gives us an idea of what this site uh represents itself and um it yeah it's interesting to see which side we come out of it on as as well because this one was like it was like oh it's got to be great this movie's got to be great it's got to be a classic we did we did remake it as a society uh and we and there's you know sequels and even side movies of it as well so this has got to be good yeah. and coming out the other side has been interesting so i'm curious where we're all gonna be but what's that so my initial like understanding of of it all is that so th this movie is polarized because the critics rated it low, but the audience rated it really high. Correct. But right. when the audience started rating this movie, it was definitely 20, 30 plus years after mm -hmm. the movie was set. So yes. these people watching it are essentially similar to us as if we watched it today. Like this movie sure. is, has been around for a long time. And there's not. No, a and for me, it's like, I don't I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand like like a majority of the audience like really enjoy this movie. So I'm trying to understand like what about this movie they enjoy and not not in a negative sense, but just like literally like I want to understand. And that avenue like, is I feel like in my yeah, like more open for the audience to continue to update their opinion. Whereas critics, you don't see a lot of publications coming out with like here's our updated Ocean's Eleven review, but audience side has a little bit more free will to kind of like continue write a newer review and and continue to change and and skew that average score in, in different directions but yeah i've tried to find ways to do other movies that were polarizing at the time of their release and may not be represented 
represented that way on Rotten Tomatoes in terms of polarization, but movies like The Thing, which became a cult classic into just a stone cold classic uh, now at the time was more maligned and not really celebrated as, as it is. So people coming back on the other side and, and enjoying it is something I think that could be worth a, a discussion and, and finding going more into the history of, of a film and, and uh, breaking down it's and it's, re, it's reception and it's, you know, further uh, reception too. even like other things like the room or something like a bad movie. That's so been so recontextualized and that, that contextualization is, is such a big, big part of it with uh other things like uh campy sort of movies but a movie like this a movie like this some people before we get into reviews i mean if you were to pick your favorite character out of the bunch dino dino mine sammy baby nice uh, I mean, I liked Sammy, but I kind of like somewhat related more to Jimmy Foster as a character. Oh, cool. Personally. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked it. I liked, his his oh, mom yeah, reminded yeah. me of my mom, if I'm being honest. Very fun. Yeah, yeah. I can understand. <laughs> yeah. Just like, well, what are you going to spend this money on? Like, oh, you know, nothing. Eh, blah, blah. Well, it looks like and we need to like, find a, a Frank for our group. Yeah. Calling Frankie. everybody out there. Let's, <laughs> we're going to be interviewing Franks. Yeah. We got, got the helicopter, helicopter parents. I, I, I understand how that goes. Um, well, Oceans we all good to check out some reviews. You guys need a break or anything? Freshen up yeah, let, beverages. Let's take, a, let's take a minute to freshen up beverageinos. A minute? All right. I'll be back. All right. BRBs. And welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It's Polarized Pod. We're talking Oceans 11. Uh, it is carrying a 48% from the critics and 81% from the audience. Let's talk about some reviews uh, from both of these sides of things from the critics. We're going to start with Nathaniel hood from the young folks, a five out of 10. Nathaniel <laughs> says, if you don't mean you the John. Yeah. Uh-huh. We don't care about the hugs. <laughs> okay. Um, I can't whistle. I can't. Yep. I'm, so I'm just going to go. <laughs> talking about that. Talking. Nathaniel. Oh my God. I do like that song. Right now. I'm having fun. I'm having fun. John. It's New Year's Eve. This is like we're not we're, yet. Yeah. I, I know, but we're, and James. We're at the precipice of New Year's. Before okay, let's do reviews and then I'll ask my question. What's your question? Nope. Let's do the reviews. What's your question? No, let's do the reviews first. Nathaniel Hood says it's an autopsy of the greatest generation's self mythology. I read that. It's an autopsy of the greatest generation's self mythology. So it's like a backhanded compliment, right? Because the, yeah. the performances are corpse like, right? 
it's like criticizing a historical sentiment towards the greatest generation. He's like taking yeah, the greatest right. generation to task, which is a, a pretty hot take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a pretty hot take. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's a, yeah, it's a common take recently. Yeah. It, the, the, when he says that, when you read that line, it kind of feels like he's he reads that line and he's like, "Okay, guys, give me another drink." Like it's a very cocky thing Copy, to say. Paste print. Smell my farts. Uh, Clyde mm-hmm. Gilmore from McLean's magazine. The British tackled a similar plot a bit earlier in the League of Gentlemen and made a better job of it. Ocean's <laughs> gang includes such clan stalwarts as Dean Martin, Peter Lawford, and Sammy Davis Jr. This one is uh, doesn't really have much to it, but it's I think it's of the time, if I'm not mistaken. It seems a little personal attack. From Jonathan Rosenbaum, a Chicago reader. Jonathan Rosenbaum's a good one. Known critic says it's terminally boring. Agreed. No, I, I related yeah. to that first. I related to that. I read I read the reviews before I watched the movie, and I was like, eh, it's a little boring. Yeah. From Bosley Crowther from New York Times, two and a half out of five. Young people are likely to find this more appropriate and bewitching than do their elders. The latter are likely to feel less gleeful in the presence of heroes who rob and steal. I get a real feeling this is of the time. My porn star name. As well. Yeah, this was August 11. <laughs> this was written August, August 11, 1960 by Bosley Crowther, otherwise known as Brandini in Ocean's Seventh Heaven. Ocean's Seven Minutes in Heaven. That's what I meant. Ocean's Seven Minutes. Yeah, okay. Very good. Yeah, this is, a, this is a review of the time. Um, this uh, Bosley says it's a surprisingly nonchalant flippant attitude toward crime and attitude to moral. It roadblocks a lot of valid gags is maintained throughout ocean's love and which arrived at the Capitol yesterday. Frank Sinatra, who was the power behind the picture should have taken a couple of his merit badges taken away. The idea that it is that a bunch of fellows, Danny oceans, breezy gang of wartime buddies and heroes are assembled to do a little job of robbing five major casinos in Las Vegas on new year's Eve. That's all. Ten cheerful chummy fellows and Mr. Ocean, a stalwart crew, conspire with Akeem Tamaroff as their boss to pick up a bundle of dough, and they do it, too. That's the sad thing, almost as easy as rolling off a log or rolling a sequence of naturals with loaded dice in a Hollywood film. These 11 guys knock out the power lines, hit the cashier's cages in one fell swoop, and rake some $5 million in their convenient little black bags. They're so clever and humorous about it, and the casino people are such dopes. Well, why not? Wasn't the crime team schooled together in a lot of 82nd Airborne Division drops? That's the way it is. No dishonor, no moral misgivings, no sweat. Outside of the normal, natural tension that occurs while the crime is being done. After the whole thing is over and a hijacker moves in to grab the swag, there is no built-in implication that the boys have done something wrong. There is just an ironic, unexpected, and decidedly ghoulish twist whereby they are deprived of their pickings and what seems they're just desserts. This is the flaw in the picture. This and the incidental fact that a wholesale holdup of Las Vegas would not so not be so easy as it is made to look. For the substance is generally amusing, indeed very sp- funny in spots. The dialogue is cleverly written, and the roles are deftly and colorfully played. Mr. Sinatra is crushingly casual. Mr. Tamaroff is droll with vast despairs, and Dean Martin is twitchy with wisecracks as a nightclub performer who knows the world. Indeed, all the fellows crack 
crackle blithely. Peter Lawford as a wealthy cyberite. Sammy Davis Jr. as a trash truck jockey and Richard Conti as a cynical ex-con. Oka Chase, Angie, Angie Dickinson, and Patrick, Patrice Wymore are equally cool as some of the girls. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> I think that's kind of just breaking down. And then he kind of gets into the final line that I read uh, near the beginning. But this I, uh, this review is interesting, kind of getting... Yeah, Las Vegas looks flashy in color as naturally it would, and there's plenty of atmospheric detail, such as gambling tables, girls, and one-armed bandits. Lewis Milestone's direction suits the movement of Harry Brown's and Charles Ladero's script, which is entirely centripetal, focusing exclusively on Mr. Sinatra and his gang. And yeah, young people are all, it's saying young people are likely to find this more appropriate and bewitching than the elders. The latter are likely That's to feel so less in the presence about, right? of heroes who rob 100%. and steal. And there's, and he's saying, even in this time and how we're criticizing for the movie, not giving the robbers uh, their money and just having them walk away in the end happy. This review is saying that even the mere fact that the main characters are robbing and stealing is already pretty crazy and, yeah. and probably mm-hmm. just suited for younger people that are part of this new counterculture and older people are going to be already like put off at, walking in the door i'm like this this they're like this movie's about people who steal steal. how are how is their movies about anti-heroes this This is Mm. preposterous but okay Uh, are you guys ready to switch over to a few audience reviews and then we'll we'll wrap up here sounds good all right let's see from uh northwest outdoors person five stars titled delightful Everything one might hope for from a Rat Pack movie and more. Clooney has nothing on Frank. Nothing on Frank. Clooney has nothing on on Frank. Frank. That's aggressive. Yeah, well. Kind of Frank Sinatra fan. It's a competition. Always has been. From Yendor, titled 11 stars if possible for the Rat Pack. It's five stars. Is all they could do. Probably one of the best heist films of all time, period. Ocean's Eleven has been scrutinized off and on over the years, and now that all the original Rat Packers have passed away, and with the Steve Soderbergh and George Clooney remake with sequels completed, the film has been elevated to classic status. When the film was shown on network and local television over the years before the advent of VHS and DVD, the movie was padded with commercials and almost shown to two and a half and three hour lengths. The movie suffered in its pacing and tone. When shown without the commercial interruptions on video, PBS, or cable, it fares way better. Even though there really is there is really a serious and understated tone to this Rat Packer film, the real treat here is just to see the guys who represented the swinging coolness of the late 50s, early 60s of America before the advent of the counterculture, late 60s, the Vietnam War, and the death of JFK, together on an adventure. The story is straightforward and the technical jargon of the heist is easy to understand compared to its modern day remakes and the characters are all likable. The twist ending is classic and that final stroll on the Las Vegas strip of all the characters after that cruel irony of an ending surmises that even though the guys lost the dough, they didn't lose their cool baby. Oh, I love that. Hell yeah. Um, that that feels good. I think that was a pretty that feels great, pretty thorough. I mean, there's a lot of people that just 
saying it's a classic and then it's a lot of like comparisons to uh the the remake of kind of just like yeah you don't you don't get it uh these uh clooney pit heads they just don't get it i could do one more from t thayer titled old vegas is gone now but this movie was great if you have seen oceans 11 with brad pitt and clooney I think you will like this movie, if nothing else, to see how old Vegas was and looked, ran a fun look into the past. I wouldn't be born for quite a few years after this movie even came out, and I can totally agree. New Vegas doesn't hold a candle to New Vegas, which is a shame. I think that, (laughs) which is a shame because it's lost something when Big Corpse took over, and I would have loved to go when Vegas was Vegas. Too bad. The only thing about the movie that I didn't like too much was how they did the ending, but it's still a great movie. Movie was shot for the most part in casinos, which is very cool. So to the performers, but it's nice to visit. Yep. Yep. Okay. (laughs) 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 Yeah. The people, yeah. A lot of people just really just love the, love the rat pack. I think it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair. Multi-generational favorite. Someone says my 18 year old daughter and 76 year old mother watch it together and love it. Uh, it's, uh, reminds me of a gathering around and watching a bond movie in some ways, maybe, maybe uh, like an old, like an old school one. And just having that feeling of the quality and, and the time. And like you were saying, the nice leathery faces just gives me that sort of feeling. And, and, for me, this yeah, this movie for the audience, I could see being a cozy comfort movie and having a, a visual window into the Rat Pack, even in a small way, being together and being visually accessible and uh, having a little bit of songs must be nice. And um, the polarization, I think, comes with a lot of the stuff we've already criticized it about. And I think the, the critics are just kind of attacking the pacing and the whole reason for this movie existing is something that I don't know. I, I it's probably is apparent as long as Hollywood has been a thing. If there's like big stars, if there's big stars, I was kind of addressing the polarization thing and then we can okay, get into, gotcha. I can, yep. I can jump. I want to no, give no. our guests the opportunity, but uh, just kind of talking about like the polar polarization of it all. And I think the, what this movie is propped up on is big names. And I think critics uh, for as long as that's been a reason for a movie exists, do take issue with that being the reason for it and then not bringing enough substance and just being propped up through these, these names and faces that'll bring people in the door. But then uh, whether it delivers or not, that's I think the dividing line. Cause I don't think critics feel like it uh, delivers on the problem is cause I think enough people like the rat pack, including enough critics that if they did a mm-hmm. good job with these this cast, because it has an excellent cast and and a good enough reason to be there as like a old classic heist movie, which many audience members think it is, uh, yeah, I think it would be more successful across the board. That was my reading of it, but I would like to hear That's your guys' uh, reading as well and uh, final yeah. thoughts and uh, n- numerical scores. Yeah, I, I'm gonna give my polarization uh, tidbit on it for this segment. Um, yeah i think it's good that we should continue to yeah have this polarization segment maybe in a different location but of the podcast but nonetheless like 
I understand. Well, we heard from both sides. I feel like hearing I'm it. Totally. Like, no, I just gotcha. like, okay, yeah. now just like getting a little read on it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, uh, jumping into final thoughts, but either way. The fact is, is like any people that are positively reviewing this are understanding the legendariness of the Rad Pack and just to see them in a movie together. And then to the critics side of it, arguably not enough uh, and arguably not well enough, but the fact that this is a movie with the Rat Pack premiering in Las Vegas during the sixties, when they were just crushing it, like I can understand somebody who it's fun to think about this concept, you know, while I was doing this and while we were talking about it and all that of just thinking about somebody who is like 70, 60 or 70 years old being like wanting to review a movie on rotten tomatoes and just, um, so I watched this on this, uh, like, free streaming app or whatever. And there was only one and it has comments on it. And there was only one comment on this movie. And it was, this was my dad's favorite movie. I watched this as a kid. I always knew the rat pack was such a big deal. And this movie has so much of what the sixties are so much of what my dad liked. And for that, it's a favorite of mine. And so I can understand so much of the audience scoring being people that weird, like not weirdly, very cool uh, being like, I want to get on this fun thing that is Rotten Tomatoes and talk and just make a comment and positively review a movie that was such a pivotal part of my childhood or such a pivotal part of my dad's adulthood. And I can understand why this is rated so highly because it is just a testament to the Rat Pack being as important of a group of guys being rapscallions in like the idea of the Rat Pack as a person who loves trends and who is obsessed with culture. Like the fact that this has an 81 audience score is like in my mind, such a good and funny thing about culture where a thing like Rotten Tomatoes exists, which is very like newish, but something that was so fucking cool was the Rad Pack. So that kind of transcends the fact of like, you know, maybe you can imagine people who are older don't know what Rotten Tomatoes are, or what the internet are, but some of them get it. And they're letting you know that universal coolness was the fucking rack pack, not to my, not only to myself, but to my parents. And I want to come on here and vote this positively because they were in a movie together and it really fucking mattered. Um, and that's awesome. And so I can understand though, the critic side of it, where this movie is so boring and there's a lot of things artistically that are wrong about it that the generation deserves so much better. And so that's, yeah, I get the polarization. Yeah. Well, uh, Christian, if you want to address any of that, that we, that we talked about and, and any of that, uh, the dividing scores, uh, go for it. Otherwise just, uh, give your final thoughts and then a score from zero to 100 of, uh, a movie with 11 in the title. So to Brandon's point, I understand the polarization of the movie and thinking 
back to myself. I do, and I this is deep down, I really do believe that a lot of people, a lot of the audience rated this movie very high because of the Rat Pack and how the Rat Pack was viewed. And the Rat Pack was essentially like the group of like the coolest guys in entertainment. And that's how it was. And I get it. And they were and everything about them. And after having two rusty nails at the beginning of this podcast, (laughs) that in itself of a drink is a very badass drink. It's a liquor on liquor drink. That is and it's good. Can you imagine? It's tasty. Can you imagine doing two shows and then a movie after this? I guess you've done one so far. I couldn't. Like five of them. He's they doing, were, he yeah, did one I, very well. Like we're, we're, just, do, we're doing like a podcast is essentially what they're doing, right? We're, we're essentially the, the rat pack here. We got it. Yeah. Yeah. And it. like, <laughs> I understand, I understand and respect, <laughs> I understand and respect why they had such a high audience score, but I cannot as a movie critic wholeheartedly give them anything above <laughs> Like seventy yeah. percent. Like honestly, right. Totally, if, yeah. if I was if I was gonna rate the movie, I would give it and taking into account the like high level of like Rat Pack and quality, like the the actors and whatnot at that time, I would give them a solid like sixty seven. Yeah, sixty seven out of a hundred. Yeah, that would be my Pretty rating. Generous. And it's so funny, fresh. one of the That's critics, fresh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think you mentioned it, but one of the critics, when I was reading the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, one of the critics said they took an amazing idea and did like subpar with that idea. In yeah. itself, the idea is amazing. And like with a remake, you can kind of see how amazing they made the idea mm-hmm. into a movie. But yeah, I would give us a 67 out of 100. That is my rating respectfully fair uh i will continue on the review train and and say that this movie wasn't all bad and the frustrating part was having a lot to a lot of non important things in between the stuff that actually was fun and mattered and was enjoyable and for me the yeah the middle chunk of of the meeting uh and the actual heist the ending and the beginning was was like fl- fluffy fluffy um and maybe if they cut a little bit more of the beginning maybe the uh fluffy fluffy that's what i that's what i'm talking about and that's you're saying was that that's your saying yeah yeah fluffy fluffy that's what it, <laughs> yeah oceans uh fluffy and maybe the last part would have been interesting to have that sort of epilogue of them of the Duke Santos getting back if the beginning wasn't so front loaded with bullshit that didn't really matter to me and seeing something do it so much better in the, in the newer one and seeing so so many other heist movies do things better. It's, it's tough to recontext, like contextualize this movie properly in the time that it came out and what it meant to the people seeing it at the time. And at the time it would mean arguably more to the younger people, uh, to a, a critic's eye. So it's tough to really judge in that sense, but seeing, I think having those questions in my mind of the making of this movie and being frustrated by not seeing enough 
of the main stars and the reason that you're walking in the door of the Rat Pack, spending enough time on screen, watching the little documentary I'd recommend it if you can find it on YouTube, the Ocean's Eleven story, and they're really breaking it down of like, they, like, he, knowing Frank Sinatra would really only do one take, fucking, like, drains the energy of this movie entirely. And knowing that, uh, contextualizes that at least in a way that makes it me understand this movie and my frustrations better, uh, rather than just like, oh, well, maybe I'm wrong because I'm from a different time. And you start to blame yourself a little bit because you're like, oh, this is a classic movie. I should like it. Like, what's wrong with me? But then understanding how they made it was just through a flurry of alcohol and no sleep and cranky Frank. Oh, cranky Frank. Well, one take cranky Frank just won't just won't stay long enough. And we didn't get, you know, enough of uh, enough of the good stuff is is enough for me to not give it a, a positive score. Um, and I yeah, I'm not I'm not being going to be in the fresh range. I'm going to give this one a 44. Yeah. Naughty, oh. naughty. It's a little bit of a naughty movie. A little bit of stinky, stinky. And I feel, and I feel bad like giving like, yeah, like a 19 movie from 1960, a lot of great people, uh, but it just doesn't do a lot for me. Maybe it's a little harsh, but I'm, I'm fine with it. You're fine with it. That's fine. Um, man. Mm. Cheers to everybody out there. Brandini from the bar with his final review. Happy New Year's to everyone. Um, so with this movie, I think it is a great representation of the time period that it came out in for better or for worse. I think there are so many choices in story and in visuals of this movie that are dated and no longer fun and interesting. And I easily would argue boring. There's a lot of this movie that I would have loved for it to be so much more um, energetic, um, condensed, straightforward, especially for what the plot ultimately is, which is, I think, pretty straightforward. Uh, the fact that this movie drags uh, is a bummer because at the end of the day, the power of this film is the Rat Pack, which is a group of guys that are... Cheers to all you, all you people out there. Just drinkers, fun-loving <laughs> drinker guys. And I think that for better or for worse is something that, okay, maybe there are a lot of things about them as uh, them as who they are, are problematic, but I think there is a, I don't know, just, it is so indicative of its time. It has things that ha continue to, I think the, like their energy, I think still holds like a, there's still a little bit of that in the culture today because at, it is cool. Like they are cool. And I love the fact that this movie exists. Uh, I think that for better, or for worse, again, the Rat Pack being cool and what they represent and who they were 
are interesting. And even though this movie could have been more interesting than it is, I think this is such a great representation of its time. And for that, I'm going to give this a score of the year that it came out. I think this is a 60% baby. Hey, baby. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a Beatle. He's got his Beatles glasses on because he's from 1960. Well, uh, congratulations on an e- another excellent episode from uh, from 1960. Um, before we go, I was wondering if you guys want to play a new game I came up with. I would love to. Uh-oh. The answer is yes. I think I want to call it Smoke or Fire. Because it's yeah. loosely based on the card game of of the same title that that oh we God, sometimes that, play. That game gets you drunk up. You, you don't have to drink, but uh, we can we can play nonetheless. So I'm going to be going okay. through. Christian, do you have a drink? Okay. Well, if you yeah. get a if you I'm get like it wrong, easy guy, right now. I know you have these allergies. We talked about it. It's okay though. These we'll deadly do, allergies. Yeah. We'll just do if you get it wrong, then you take a drink or anything. None of the given giving drinks or anything. <laughs> uh, bless you. God bless you. And uh, and to all of you, uh, Merry Christmas. And uh, let's go through a game of smoke or smoke or fire. And I think it'll be pretty self-explanatory as we roll through it. It'll be through the oceans movies. So I'm going to start with Christian. <laughs> And I'm just going to ask you, God bless, you, bless for the, you, for the critics rating of Ocean's Eleven, do you think it's smoke or fire? Do you think it's fresh or rotten? I think it's fresh. I think it's fresh. Okay, so I'm going to give you I think they're, a point they're, because they're, they're, you're right. And yeah. so now, Brandon, I'm going to ask you for Ocean's Eleven, the audience score, do you think it's... So Christian has to give a drink. Or if you want to do the gift thing, I was just going to say you get it wrong. Christian has to drink. give a drink. I'm giving a drink to somebody. Yeah. Host included. You Brandon. Can, you can pick me as well. Oh, okay. But then All I right, can't I'm give drinking. anybody anything. So what? Okay. Whatever. All right. Uh, so Brandon for oceans 11 is the audience score fresh or rotten smoke or fire. Oceans 11, the Clooney. Yeah. The Clooney's 2001. Say, say, say the is the audience again. score fresh or rotten for oceans 11 for the audience score? Fresh. You are correct. Christian, take take a drink. Damn it. Okay. Now, I want you to guess, Brent. Uh, no, I will go. Christian. No, I'm trying to think. Okay. We'll go to, sure, Christian. I want you to guess the score of the critic rating. Four. Four. Ocean's Eleven. 48. The Clooney one we're talking about. For the Clooney so. one. Oh, for the Clooney one. the Clooney one. one. I want Ugh. you to guess the critic rating. 60, 65. Okay. 65. You are wrong. Okay, but... That's okay. Can I go? I, I don't... Uh, yeah, that's okay. Because you're, no, you're not going to... You're not going to guess that right, but... You're not going to... drink. You're not going to... Uh, the drinking thing makes it so intense. But... It's fine. For Brandon, now I want you to guess, is the real score a higher or lower than Christian's score that he guessed right now? Okay, it's higher. So you are correct. Yes. So you get a point. Two drinks now. (laughs) He's just trying to get drinks going here. I don't know. I'm this is you only have to do this if you want. I'm just trying to have fun here. 
Okay. So same question to you, Brandon. I want you to guess the audience score, the numerical value of the audience score. It's uh, for the new, okay. It's, for Ocean's uh, 11. 76. 76. You were wrong. It's almost impossible to get, so no worries about drinks. But Christian, I want you to guess. Okay, I'm going to take a drink. Is it higher or lower than 76? And if you get it right, then I guess I'm just going to give you a point. I got my little point thing. I'm not doing drinks. But is it I higher, think, is it higher or lower it's than it's a 76? It's back. I, I think it's, uh, it's higher. Yeah. That's correct. It's an 80. Okay, I'll take a drink. So you got two points to Brandon's one in, in my count here. If my if my tabulations are correct. And this I'm playing a little fast and loose with this game, so I hope everyone sticks with us and we'll do our best here. So now we're gonna move on to Oceans 12. Christian. I don't do I have enough. Or actually we'll switch to Brandon for the critic because Brandon got audience score last game's good. Now you're gonna game's good. Now you're gonna do a critic score, Brandon. Okay. Is it fresh? Or rotten for Ocean's 12. Or drink. For Ocean's 12, is the critics rating fresh fresh or rotten? You are wrong. You do not get a point. It is not fresh. Okay. It's not. So Christian. How? The audience score. This is an, I'm trying to figure out the order. The audience score for this. It is. Is it fresh or rotten? This is the smoker fire section. So is it fresh for, or rotten uh, for Ocean's the audience 12? score for Ocean's 12? Uh-huh. Is the audience score fresh or rotten? Rotten. It, they made an Ocean's 13. So I'm going to, though I did not personally like Ocean's 12, I'm going to say it's fresh. You are correct. The audience score is fresh. So you will get a point. Oh, I have to drink. Great. Or Which you, I did. You can give the host a drink. I'm just going to take one for posterity's sake, uh, for solidarity with Brandon. All right, so now we're moving on to guessing the numerical value and then doing the higher or lower situation. I think this is a pretty good pretty good way to do it. So, Brandon, you're on the critic side. You know it's not fresh. Mm-hmm. It is rotten. What is the score, would you say? 46. 46. It is not 46. That's okay. That's a really tough one. If you were to do it, that would be a two-pointer. Let's say that. It's a two-pointer. If you get it right on two or three, I don't know. It's going to be extra points. You guessed 46. It is not 46. Christian, is it higher or lower than 46? Higher. Higher. It is higher. You get a point. All right. Christian, what is the audience score for Ocean's 12? You know it is fresh. What is it? 81. 81. It is not 81. That's okay. Brandon. Do you think it's higher or lower than 81? It's lower. That is correct. You get a point. So by my tabulation, I'm trying to remember if I missed a point in the first round. I don't think I did, but it's four to two, Christian, in the lead. We're going to keep on chugging along here if you guys are having a good time. Yeah, go through all of them. I'm having a great time. I'm I'm having a good time. All right, so we're going back to Christian starting with the critics. For Ocean's 13, it is, it is the third Ocean's movie, not the 13th. It is a fresh or a rotten movie, Christian, by the critics' side, according to the critics. Rotten. Rotten? That is incorrect. It is yeah. fresh yeah. for the critics. Drink. Drink it. Brandini, for the audience, is it fresh or rotten? Fresh, baby. You are correct. You get a point. 
drink, drink, Christian, drink. You get a point. All right. Back. And then James drinks too. Okay. Because I get it. two. I you get, get two. two. That you get two. We're going down the line. Dirty go. I get two. Dirty go. I get two. You went for Dirty the uh, so we're back to critic side. Christian, guess the score. You know C-C-6. that it is not rotten. You know that it's right. What did yeah. you say? Uh, 66? That is wrong. That's okay. Brandon, higher or lower than 66? Higher. You are correct. You get a point. Christian, drink. All right. I realize that I don't actually tell you the score at the end of all this, all this questioning. I got to find a way to, to do that. I feel like for the last one, hey, this, this is a work. In this progress. is a work. In, this is a work in progress. All right. So now we're moving on to audience and that's Brandon. Brandon guess the score yeah. of the audience for oceans 13. It is 58%. 58%. That's wrong. Is it higher or lower Christian? Higher. Higher. That is correct. You get a point. Oh, I drink two. No, I drink one and then James drinks one. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then I guess since we're moving on to the next movie, I'll tell you Oceans 13 is standing at a 70% critics, 75% audience. Wow. We weren't even close. We'll go backwards to Oceans 12, which was a 55% critics, 60% Kinda audience. Close. Yeah. And Oceans 11, which is an 83% critics, 80% audience. Just to give you a little bit of an idea of the, the context around this franchise of movies. And now we're going to move on to the last one. We're currently standing at a five to four Christian lead. It's a tight race. Wow. And if this gonna, ties at I'm the gonna end, I'm going to have right to find a way to get a tiebreaker going because this is getting pretty Ocean's close. Ocean's 8. But it's not tie. I mean, I'm doing Ocean. We are currently about to do Ocean's Eight, but goddamn, if oh, we tie after after all of this, then I don't know. Oh, of course we are. Well, there's yeah. Okay, we'll see what happens. All right, Brandon, you're going to do the critic side. Is it rotten or fresh for rotten. Ocean's Eight? Rotten, rotten for the critics, you say. You are wrong. What? So all right, I'll Christian does not get a okay. point. No points for that. So yeah, that's if you only if you get it right, you get a point. So. Christian, audience score, is it rotten or fresh? Wait, is what rotten or fresh? For Ocean's 8, the audience score, is it rotten or fresh? Rotten. That is correct. You get a point. Oh, I have to drink. I'll take a drink as well. All right. Now, Brandon, this is a big, big moment for you, because if you get the exact score i will give you two points it. i'm gonna get it you know i'm gonna get it it's fine. or should it be three i don't know no. we'll, we'll do Four, two maybe <laughs> uh can you guess the critic score for oceans eight which is not rotten i'll give you that hint because you already guessed 78 percent. 78 percent. that's incorrect christian is the score higher or lower than 78 percent? lower that is correct Damn it. Okay, I'm taking a drink, and then James, you have to take one too. Oh shit. Okay. Now I I it's it's a lost cause, but let's finish it out. Christian, audience score. What do we got? Four. Ocean's eight. Seventy-nine. 
I should have warned you that we already established earlier. Yeah, I should remind you of the hint that it is pew pew rotten by the it audience. Which is what <laughs> oh, you guys okay, 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 okay. Ignore that. 59. 5 9. 5 9. Stinky. That is incorrect. Brandon, higher or lower than 59? <laughs> lower. That is correct. And Ocean's 8 stands <laughs> at cushion. a 68% by the critics and a 47 by the audience. It is classified as a polarizing movie if we ever choose to do Ocean's 8. Uh, that could be one. Drink two, Christian. And our <laughs> Christian just won. <laughs> yeah, well, not that one. <laughs> uh, that was a game of Rotten Tomatoes, Smoker Fire, Rotten or Fresh. This has been an episode of Polarize the Pod, Ocean's Eleven, 1960, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Brandini, the James, and our lovely, lovely guest. Christian Urbino VR. back at it Thank once again for uh, the long All haul the way from the bar. This was a, <laughs> the bar. this was a full episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed our back and forth uh, on this year podcast because we've enjoyed our time here. I know I sure have. I always do. And uh, I'm never bored hanging out here with, with you fine people. And uh, yeah, Christian, if there's, is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up? Uh, uh you no, thank you for your having microphone me. as a unicorn do have, horn. Do you have a new year's resolution at all? My, my new, so I mean, my wife is eight months pregnant. Uh-huh. So my, my new year's resolution is to be a good dad. No, I love that. Fuck yeah, dude. James, do you have a new year's resolution? Uh, I want to spend a lot of time working on my home and getting it to a place where I'm, uh, I have a, a nice sanctuary. I want I want to have a, a nice sanctuary that I'm I'm proud of and and put some work into that that has been lacking that I want to uh do a turnaround there. Hell yeah. In my like life. the uh hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch that movie? I was like <laughs> It is me. Sanctuary. The hunchback of Notre James. <laughs> Uh, I feel like it's more land before time than it is like hunchback of Notre Dame. My New Year's resolution. <laughs> so I'm I, I, I'm about to come up on my last one, which is no Taco Bell for the year. Yeah. So uh, we got to have a Taco Bell party in January. And so this New Year's uh, resolution is zero Uber Eats delivery food. Nice, dude. Hell the yeah. whole year. Wow. Whole year not oh, doing wow. any delivery food you got it well what are you gonna do with the extra seven thousand dollars you're gonna have <laughs> be rolling in it yeah you're gonna buy an island in like <laughs> san piqua <laughs> litoka from infinity pool <laughs> well you're gonna uh, take me and james out to some uh, brazilian barbecue and before uh, yes, James please. is going to tell you to follow us on stuff, but uh, one thing to be said is coming into the new year, we're going to shut down the Twitter. That shit sucks. That shit's bullshit. We're going to go on threads, even though it's X. Still, still fucking bullshit. X. Yeah. X boo. Uh, we're going to cut that shit out. Uh, I'm going to try to uh, start record. Another kind of thing for the new year is record these episodes on Twitch or at least get them from, from James and start putting them on TikTok. So, Probably in the next like month or two into the new year, uh, we'll have a TikTok account and uh, don't follow us on X. 
follow us instead on threads and then TikTok to come. Yeah. And speaking of which I've been throwing uh, recordings on YouTube and maybe we can post more stuff on there if, uh, if people are into it. Um, so we have the YouTube channel polarized pod, uh, as well as, yeah, we were streaming live on twitch.tv slash polarized pod and you know, you can, place to follow us. you can catch the in-between stuff, which is us, uh, shooting the shit and maybe some of us hanging out beforehand, uh, with some behind the scenes stuff. I was, you know, like watching like the oceans 11 video or something like that, uh, the behind the scenes of that and getting uh, watch an us. opportunity to, Twitch. uh, even voice your opinions that'll be featured in the app. Uh, polarize the pod at gmail.com as well. Uh, we have another podcast. If you ever want to check it out called prod pod about music producers, uh, maybe we'll record some more of that uh, coming up one day and let us we, know if you like it. Yeah. It's uh, we got a few episodes out there. Barry Gordy and Motown. We got Todd Rodinger episode Diplo and, uh, it's uh fun, fun times, uh, talking about music. And when we have the time, we try to bring that stuff in here. There's been just too much to talk about when you have good people like our, our lovely guest Christian. And it's always fun to shoot the shit about, uh, movies, good and bad and anything in between. And that's what polarizes is all about baby and baby. from the e. bar. It's Brandini and, Dini, the, hey. and the rap back um, <laughs> Christian, the James and the forever guest. And it's been a true honor and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.